Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 80. We talk about new HubSpot web analytics dashboards, we talk about the documents feature within sales, and we have a different creative top 10 for you today. Now this is the podcast for marketing managers or sales professionals who are using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm suffering from the man flu, so I apologize for my voice. But you know, the great thing about being sick is that you realize how good it is to be healthy. And we'll chat more about that in yes, shot six. That's right. All right. On to our inbound thought of the week, Craig. Now, this is, we're talking about the search opportunity. This is a quite a long piece of content that was on Moz. It talks about the state of search behavior. And we've been picking this out. So today we're going to talk about number 21, which says what percentage of Google queries lead to one or more click on the results? Yeah, so it's another interesting piece of click data that they've um, compiled here. And this is really what percentage of people search again. So uh, not that don't search again, but click again. So they get to the results in Google, a single query. How many people click on more than one link? And how many would you think? I would think uh, if they click once and then go to a result, well, then that's just one click. That's one click. It turns out almost 20, more than 20%, 21% of people click more than one of the results. Oh, more than one. Yeah. Yeah. So they do one search query, one search, right? Yep. Click. Then they click on multiple results. Ah, so they're opening results in multiple browsers, windows. Yeah, Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? So this this idea that you just go to Google, click on the first result, and then you're off and away. No, it's not the case. It's more than more than one twenty percent. So I think I think there's opportunity there, and I actually think their behaviour. I have no way of verifying this, but I suspect a lot of people that are multiple clickers on the results click almost probably five or more. I wouldn't mind betting people go, oh, it's an important result, and they click the top five. Click, 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 click. So I think it's just another indication that even if you're not ranking number one, there is still opportunity. So you still want to be at the top half of the results. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Today I did a search because I'm going to see a movie tonight. I did a search for the movie and today I saw a really interesting layout where it had the, where the first third of the search result page was looked like rectangular blocks with all the movies that were available. And then when you clicked on it, it actually gave an expanded view below it, which kind of didn't have any results except this. And I had never seen it. I was like, wow, this is like ah. a whole new experience when it comes to looking at movies. Yeah, they're always testing new formats, aren't they, in the search results. And one of the ones we're not discussing it this week, but one of the other results that this study found is um, just how many people actually searched again. So they did a search. They didn't click on any of the results because they didn't like the results. Yep. They didn't meet what they were expecting. So they search again. And that's why Google often has these related search yes. terms and these did you mean and what other people. Because Correct. they're trying to they're trying to guess what you're actually after and solve it in that first query. Yes. So, yeah, it's interesting how they're yeah. doing that. All right. On to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. Yeah, well, we've got a few this week. And uh, the first one, it's a feature that's been there for a while, but it's... But no one ever talks about no it. No one ever talks about it, and perhaps people don't don't even realise it's there. And this is the HubSpot Forms Dependent Fields. Yeah. So I'll just explain what they are. You've got a form, and then sometimes you have a field. Maybe you've got a, a tick box. Yes. And if someone ticks that box, you want to show another field. Yep. Say so, my, for example, where did you find us? And it wasn't any of the following... Yeah. And you click other. Exactly. That's a good yeah. example. Another one might be if it's this country, then display this list of states. Or if it's this country, display 
yeah, that right. kind of thing. Okay. So um, we've just included links to some of the knowledge base articles around it, and yeah, it's a it's a really nice tool to use if you're creating simple surveys because this comes up. Oh, I want to, I want to use SurveyMonkey because then I can use you know have these kind of um, bit of logic, I guess. Yeah, a bit sense. of logic in the fields. Yeah. And well, if if your needs are reasonably simple, then the HubSpot uh, dependent forms will do it for you. Now the only here's a little yeah tip. The, the only little gotcha is that if you show a form and let's say you've ticked a checkbox and yep. it's shown a dependent field. Yeah. Now if you refresh that form, even though that tick box is still ticked, it won't show that form. So it's only kind of when you're filling out the form that it'll display these dependent fields. It's not as they they redisplay them when you show the form. Does that make sense? You know how we have the, the form will save what you've previously entered? Correct. So you'd think, oh, if I've ticked this box to show an ah, extra field, I get what you're saying. Yes, yes, then yes, if yes, I yes. refresh, it remembers that I've ticked it. But yeah. why doesn't it show that field? So that's a little gotcha. Okay, yeah, cool. Just be aware of that. But, yeah, the first time you're filling out the form, yep. these are a great way to do it. And you found this out because you were very diligent in testing it this morning, Craig. I saw that. <laughs> right. I like to so test, go have a look. Uh, if you want to try it out and see how it works. Go to hubshots.com slash contact and you will be able to test it out. And the second HubSpot feature this week. Which is pretty huge. And this is the web analytics dashboard. And this is something that they talked about at Inbound 16. And this is really to do, probably get this data that you couldn't get or which you probably used to use Google Analytics for. It's actually get that data in HubSpot. So things like how many sessions were there, what were the sources? What was the bounce rate? Things like bounce, bounce rate, rate big pages thing. per session. That's yeah. right. So there's like heaps of stuff in there, which is actually really good. And I think it's well worth looking at and, you know, looking at it daily to understand what's going on. So I guess before we were focused on more HubSpot metrics, now we're looking at more web analytic metrics. So I would definitely encourage you to have a look. Is yeah. there any, anything interesting in there that you like, Craig? Oh, look, I, I like how it just presents a very simple view. I guess it's new in for many portals. It's just rolling out. Correct. I know some portals have had it for a while, and if you're part of the beta program, you would have seen this. But I think this is a really nice, simple view because a lot of our customers, even now, they say, oh, I don't know analytics. It's just, you know, too overwhelming. This is kind of takes some of the key parts of Google Analytics and just puts it right within HubSpot. So I think it's a really nice feature. Yeah, so now just be aware, obviously you're not going to see this when you log in on your dashboard. What you actually need to do is click that little arrow next to what dashboard it is. So usually you land on the marketing dashboard. The third one down now is called the Web Analytics dashboard. And when you actually click on that, you'll see the dashboard. So you're not going to readily see it when you first enter. You've got a marketing tip of the week, Craig. Yes, so this is another Moz blog. We've been featuring Moz a fair bit lately, but um, uh, that's because they've had some great stuff lately. And so this is a a post, uh, another one from Rand, where he talks about using competitor top pages data to help with your SEO efforts. So this is kind of a bit of a follow-on from last week. We talked about that whole kind of using page performance and optimizing your own site. Then this is like using uh, competitor sites. How are they, you know, what content have they got that we can get ideas from? Just walks you through a few ideas and a few tools. And so the one that I'll just mention is BuzzSumo. It's a tool we've mentioned before. And if you haven't seen it before, you can go and check it out. They do have a kind of a free trial. And it's just a simple way of looking at what your competitor's content is being shared or is popular. You can have a look at that and say, oh, that's working for our competitor or this industry site. I wonder if there's some ideas there. 
about problems that they're answering that we could answer better. And so it's a, it's a nice little kind of uh, content strategy piece there to use. All right. Onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig, and we're going to talk about documents in HubSpot sales. Now, I use this quite a bit, and I use it mainly for sending out documents to do with um, estimates that we're giving people, just so I can understand what pages people are looking at, how long they're reading it, even things like ebooks or guides that we use to help people with. It's really easy to have that, so you can understand how things perform. Now, one of the best things is you can store this, obviously, in a central location, which is on HubSpot, and you can really easily insert it into your email if you use Gmail or Outlook. So what happens is everybody in your business has access to these documents. So if you, when you update it, there's a new version there. You're not People aren't using old versions. You can see how it's performing against other documents. So if, say, you're using one version and somebody else is using a slightly different version that's catered towards what they're doing, you can actually see the performance of the documents. You can know when a person opens a document and how long they've read it, so you get notified. So I think that's really interesting, especially we send a lot of estimates that way, and it's great to understand where people spend time reading estimates because what we think is important might actually not be important to the end user, and we can use that data to go, okay, well, what do I need to make better? Or are they skipping to a particular page and reading that? And what kinds of things have you noticed, actually, in what they look at? Because I, I would imagine send a proposal, I bet they jump to the pricing page. They do. But one thing I've noticed, people come back multiple times to it as well and have a look at different pages yeah. throughout the day or the week. So that's a good sign. And that's a, that's a good sign. So, yeah, they do definitely jump around. And it gives you a breakdown per page how long people spent. And every time they open it and read it for you'll get a notification. So It's interesting this because one of our customers actually, they actually contacted, this must be just a month or two ago, they said, oh, is there any way that I can embed a pixel in a Word document when I'm sending proposals out? Yeah, right. And I was almost like, wow, it's, it's almost like you're asking me about the documents feature. And anyway, I mentioned it to them and they're like, yeah, and that's they weren't actually using HubSpot CRM, they were using HubSpot for marketing. That actual customer is switching over to using HubSpot CRM yeah, right. For a range of reasons. Yeah. One, they really like the CRM compared yep. to their others. But this is kind of one of those really compelling features. They yes. can store their documents, send them out, and track yeah, when they're exactly. being opened. So I think HubSpot have kind of made this from a whole sales perspective in terms of using it for sales. I use it for other things that are not even sales-related. I guess in, in some time it's education. So if I want to see how well, like we do an ebook, and I'll say I'll pass it to people that I know to say, hey, have a look at it, and I'll see which pages they're reading. So it kind of gives me an indication about what's working or what's what's interesting to them and what's not interesting to them. So nice. That's another way I use it. All right, on to our opinion of the week. Now, Craig, you've got two opinions here. Uh, first one being forcing people to install apps to talk to you. And you kind of said this is really dumb. And I agree. Like when you try to have a conversation with someone, if they say, hey, if you're, if you're already talking to them, right? And then they say, oh, yeah, here's a link to something. Click on that. Then you have to install something. Then you've got to probably try and configure it or get the number or the connection and then start the whole thing. It's painful. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. There's a company that I'm looking at to use their services. And so they said, oh, do you want to have an exploratory call? I mean, yeah, that'd be great. Then they send me a link and it's some, you know, Zoomus or get to me, go to meeting or webinar, whatever, one of these tools. And there's so many of them now. It's like, oh yeah, just follow this link. So I follow the link and I'll download this and I've got to install it. And it's just like, seriously? I just wanted to have a conversation. And so the, the point is, if let's say they're a prospective customer 
and they say, oh, you want to talk to me? Install this to talk to me. I go, yeah, of course. But if they're, I'm a potential customer, they're making me jump through the hoop. So it depends what side of the fence you're on. And I think we're seeing this a lot. And I just kind of want to raise it. It's like, don't, if you're, if you're trying to talk to your customers or prospects, don't put hurdles in their way. You should be trying to meet them on their terms, not yours. And the other area that we see this is, you know, when people say, oh, here's a link to book time in my, cal- in my calendar. Yes, I've got that on my email. <laughs> yeah. And so, again, I think it depends what, what side you're on because I think it's a useful tool, say, with existing customers. You know, one of your customers says, oh, can we have a meeting next week? I go, yep, here's a link to my diary. Just book in a time that suits you. That'd be great. But if it's a prospect and you say, no, exactly. Oh, uh, I want to talk to you about selling stuff to you. Oh, here's book some time in my account. It's like, really? Yeah. I think it's kind of a bit rude. And we're seeing this on outreach programs where yes. kind of um, companies are. Yeah, they reach out. out and they say, hey, book a time in my account. Yeah, talk it's to like, me. well, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> so just uh, the note to, to listeners about this and marketing managers and sales managers, just to be aware of that. Yes. You've actually got to get in the shoes of your prospect or your customer and Correct. work on their terms. So that's, I guess that was my opinion. Of All that. right. Opinion number two, making generalizations based on your own bad performance. Is dumb again. Okay, so I was yeah, I was I was going with the dumb. <laughs> and this is uh this is this is you're highlighting um, a piece of content that was not written by someone at HubSpot, but it's on the HubSpot. It's on the HubSpot blog, and go and have a look at it and see what you think. This is why it's opinion of the week. I disagree with this post, and I think it's an example. Basically, they're saying paid advertising is bad. Go for earned uh, media, and like, well, yeah, of course, that'd be great. But to say paid advertising is bad and avoid it, I think is a big mistake. And it seems to me they haven't had much success with it, so they think it doesn't work. And I think this is a trap you fall into. You know how when you're talking with people and they say, oh, do you think we should do X advertising with X or use this strategy? And you fall back on your own experiences and kind of go, oh, no, that doesn't work. Well, actually, it just means you couldn't get it to work. That's right. Lots of people do get it to work. So. Have a, have a look at that blog post. We'll link to it. See what you think. I disagreed with that. But the thing that annoyed me was they'd closed the comments on it. Yeah, so I couldn't even leave a comment to say, hang on, what about this? And the post was only like a week old and the comments are closed. Anyway, there you go. Well, there you go. All right. Now on to our creative top 10. That's a bit different for today, Craig. And this is a little challenge you put out to me today. And this is what are the top 10 things that you are grateful for? Yes. I thought it was very apt leading to Easter. Yes. And so you've got 10 and I've got 10 and uh, I haven't seen your 10. You haven't and seen no. my 10. I'm going to switch mine up. You, do you want to go first? Tell oh, me, yeah, I'll go first. Tell me your 10 and then I'll tell you mine. All right. Uh, first one, I'm really grateful for my family, my wife and my two sons. Number two, I'm really grateful for my friends, great friends like you and other people I hang out with on a weekly and daily basis, being part of a great church community. So church and God is a part of my life and I'm very grateful for that. Being healthy. And having access to, you know, like doctors and healthcare, like I just think really amazing considering that lots of people in the world don't have that. Having the ability to run our own business, being able to live in Australia and call it my home. Now I say this because I came from, I was born in Sri Lanka, right? I grew up there in a time there was civil war. And, you know, if I tell people my story, like I, you know, I've been on the streets where people are looting shops, burning cars, getting driven in the back of a police paddy wagon because um, there's a curfew and everything's on fire, um, seeing people carrying machine guns. Like, that was that's what it was like. I did not know this part of your life. Yeah, so that's why I'm forever grateful that, 
you know, we immigrated, we immigrated to this country. My dad came as a engineer and I'm forever grateful. Like that's why this is home to me. Like, and people always bag me out for supporting Australia in the cricket and all, all like, I, like my default is if it's an Australian team, that's who I'm going to support. If they're not there, then I'll support Sri Lanka. Right. But I don't go support any other team because I'm going, this is my home. Like, this is where I live. And I'm so grateful for the freedom and the friends I have and the life I have in this country. So that's, that's a big one for me. Being able to travel the world. I love traveling. I love exploring. I love doing different things. Number eight, being able to learn and grow. That's a really big thing, especially part of, I guess, in this part of our life where we're running businesses and, you know, having growing families and doing different things. It's really, really key to me. The ability to ride a bike and drive a car. Like, I think that that's fantastic because I know a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do that. And the ability to, you know, own nice cars and have drive them. Like, And my last one is making impact in other people's businesses in other people's lives. So, you know, volunteering for different things, being on boards, helping others, you know, even with what we do, transforming businesses to do marketing in the new way and do sales in the new way that people are buying stuff is really exciting. And that's what I'm grateful for. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a great list. I have a fair bit of overlap. Yeah. I, I, did, I did suspect there would be any other. And this is why we didn't see each other's before we recorded. So this is right, right off the cuff, but I'll give you my 10. And also the good thing about this is like, you know, how normally the creative top 10 is, oh, we get stuck after three and come. Yeah, this is really very hard. different. This one was really hard. It's like, how do I stop at 10? And I went on and on. I actually had to. But anyway, first one was Michelle, my wife. Very grateful for her. So we've been married 20 years now. So it's like, wow. Yeah, it's, um, I just feel really lucky. Number two is my health. Yes. And like, I think that's, as I said at the start of the show, when you get a little bit sick, man flu, you know, cue violins. But, you know, it's kind of like you do realise, oh, actually, I'm normally quite healthy. And I'm really grateful for that because I yes. know a lot of people have, aren't. They have medical conditions. Number three, um, comfortable apartment because we're both Michelle and I are homebodies. So we just really like having a, a nice, comfortable apartment. We're very yep. lucky, I think, there. Number four. I actually had, because I got a bit more specific with people. Yes. And before, I had you, Anne. Oh, did you? I was you? grateful for you, <laughs> at risk of turning the <laughs> podcast into a bromance show. But anyway, um, number five, Mal, another friend of mine. Yeah. Um, six, and he, he and I went through uni together. So, yeah, um, wow. Yeah, so we've been best friends, well, longer than I've been married to my wife, you know. Wow. And we're still best friends. We're best, we're each other's best man. So, Yeah. Um, number six, my work colleagues. Um, I actually am really grateful for my. And I think more than more than half of my, I guess, purpose in the agency. I just love working with my team. I'm very like or, or my work colleagues. Yes. In fact, I don't like calling them my team because it's as though I'm above them or something yes. like that. My work colleagues. I think yeah, I've, I'm really, uh, I'm really grateful for that. Um, my family as well. Both my parents are still alive. Yes. I know at my age, you know that's. A lot, that's not the case for many people. Another friend of mine, Andrew, I won't mention last names, but yeah, no, another good friend. Number nine was um, freedom to read and learn, which is very similar to one you mentioned because, uh, yeah, I just I do like reading a lot. And then number 10 was really hard because it was, it's like I've only got one left. <laughs> and so I chose a strange one, which was clean air to breathe. I thought long and hard about this one because I was like, what, what are the things that you're really grateful for? And it seems like such a pat kind of answer. It's like, oh, well, of course. But just along with health and just environment. And I just think we're really lucky in the city that we live in and where we happen to have ended up in the world. And I think your story at the start about 
where you're born kind of highlights that more. Many people don't, especially in cities and all of that. That's not their case. They um, have lots of dirty air and things like that. What I found interesting in mine when I was reviewing it is that a lot of them are personal relationships. There's like that's right. There's not much material kind of stuff there, and it kind of made me wonder about my life because how, what percentage of my life do I spend on relationships versus just yeah. working? And it's really out of balance. Yeah. And um, and maybe the fact that I'm sick lately is kind of even highlights yeah. just how out of balance that. You know, that you know. Is. I'll take this back. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll take this back because. You know when people always go, you know, why do you love church and stuff? One thing that I really love about my church is that they've kept it really simple. Like, what's the two things that you need to do? They always say, love God and love people. That's it. Right. There's nothing. Everything else flows from that, right? Okay. It's about people. So I think we look at our list. It is about people. Like, it's about the difference we make. It's not about the stuff. And I remember I was talking to my friends about two weeks ago. We went went away. And we're all we all have kids. We're all at... A similar stage of life, some are a bit older, mm. some a bit younger. And it was really interesting because they were like, well, I've got kids, I'm struggling with this. How do I communicate with them effectively? You know, do I have time? Do I give enough time to them? And it was really interesting because I look back and, I, well, I was looking at that time, but I think that I think more of a what sort of a legacy do I leave mm. and how do I impact the people around me in a way that they'll remember it. Because, you know, I love nice stuff. I, You know, I love cars. I love gadgets. I love all of these things that make life really comfortable. But at the end of the day, I always tell people, you can't take, you came here with nothing, you'll leave with nothing, right? And at the end of the day, when 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 we're at your funeral, no one's going to say, oh, I love the car that Ian was driving because right. they don't care about it, right? But they'll remember the time that, you know, oh, yeah, Ian actually took the time to call me and even wish me a happy birthday. So... I think like it's those little things that make a massive difference, which make the difference in people's day. Yeah, totally. Well, there you go. That's a nice um, creative top 10 of the week. All right. On to... Back to marketing now. (laughs) On to our podcast of the week, Craig. Now, this is something I was listening to as I was driving back from Canberra this week. And um, it's the 14 business lessons from America's greatest sales and marketing executive. And he's talking about Chet Holmes's book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. And Noah Kagan, this is on his podcast. Now, I do warn you, there is a bit of profanity on his podcast, the way he speaks. I do love the guy in terms of what he's, he's, he's a straight shooter. Like, he doesn't beat around the bush. He tells you as it is. And he basically has taken this book that he's written. And I think he actually interviewed, because Chet has passed away, he interviewed his daughter, a part of the podcast. So she was kind of reflecting on what her dad has done. Right. But he'd also added his bit on top about his learnings from the book. So I would really encourage you, it's not a long podcast, listen to that. And there's some great show notes with that podcast, which we've got the link to basically to go through it and actually implement something. So I want you to, if you're listening to this podcast, go through that, implement one thing from that uh, podcast from Noah and see what a difference it makes. And even saying that, I would challenge you to implement at least one thing from this podcast that you hear on a weekly basis and see what difference that makes to your business and to your life. Because I think that's really what we're here for is to make a difference to everything that we do. Yeah, look, I hadn't listened to this podcast before you linked to it. And when you the link that's in the show notes, I actually looked at that and I was like, this is fantastic. Like his show notes are like, that's, that's such an awesome piece of content. Yes. Really, I don't know how long it took him to write that. It must take him days to put these things together. So if you listen to the podcast, he'll yeah. actually tell you he's got a process for that. Right. And how he does it because he was just talking, he actually talked about that. He was taking some of the stuff he'd learned from 
the ultimate sales machine. Mm. And he was saying, how did he apply that to what he right. was doing? And the podcast was a part of it. So he actually talks exactly about that. Okay. Have a, have well, a look at I've it. definitely subscribed to the podcast now. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to that. But yeah, highly recommended for listeners to check that out. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the week. All right. So just quickly, because we're coming up to time, it's an optimization, landing page optimization guide from Talia Wolf at um, getuplift.co. And we've featured her stuff yes, before. It's fantastic. Go and read that. Um, I wish we could. You know what? We should, you know how we've been doing the Moz things and yeah, we shot put this one? The top. We should get this and just pull out a nugget from this each yeah. week because it's so good. Just conversion tips. And then the second one is just a resource, which is a browser extension to speed up videos. Now, this is, this is gold because I, um, I typically don't watch videos yes. because I find them frustrating. <laughs> uh, I like listening to podcasts because with uh, my podcast listener, I can go at double speed and it whizz through. Here's a Chrome extension that you, it just appears and automatically embeds above videos and you go, oh, speed, 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 speed. Double speed, so you can whip through videos, especially instructional videos at twice speed. And, yeah, it's fantastic. So there you go. Yeah, so I love this because I know on HubSpot Academy, the video play they use, you can speed it up. Yeah. So I generally go at one and a half times. Exactly, exactly. But here's a great way to actually do that while you're watching it in the browser. Great tip, Craig. I just added that while we were talking about it. Yeah, and and also it works with any videos. So not just YouTube, it'll work with Vimeo and Wistia. Yeah, it's really good. Excellent. All right, on to our final part, which is our quote of the week. There are bonus links in the final part. You can have a look at the show notes for that. But quote of the week, I thought it would take one from Chet Holmes. It said, implementation, not ideas, is the key to real success. Well, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Hubshots number 80. Please join our WhatsApp group, join our Facebook group, be a part of the community. Ask us any questions that you feel that you need answers for. If we can't find it, we'll dig around for it and uh, let you guys know. And until next week, have a safe and happy Easter. See you, Craig. Catch you next week, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.